Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And and Matt, I've been relegated to the basement because my wife is having a girls' night upstairs. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So this conversation may sound a little echoey or a little weird. Okay. Well, uh, you sound, sound fine to me, at least that I could tell. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but we, we've got a lot to cover. So... Yeah, let's let's it's been a newsworthy in. few days. Let's jump in with the biggest news, which is the baseball lockout. After you know, earlier this week we're going to cancel. You know, yesterday we're going to cancel another week of games. Earlier this week, right. the, the owners are prepared to not play the whole season. Today, the deal right. is done. We we right. are playing, and I I will say, I I think all of the reporting that I saw was right in that the owners kept throwing up these roadblocks where they would look like they were going to get close and then they would say yeah uh okay yeah no we have a deal except we also need to adjust the international draft right which, you know which right. was uh, i believe francisco lindor who tweeted i was in florida i was being updated in real time that was never raised until after yeah. you know yeah. the money got close right. so right which you know it's a strategy and 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 frankly it look, is they the owners don't care if they're hated, and good for no. them. No, know? no. I, so, so I'll. I mean, I don't. I've read some stuff, and and I'm gonna just like more questions than answers here. So they're starting April seventh. So are the games from the, yesterday? They canceled through April fourteenth. Are the games from April seventh on back on? They are back. Or do on. we not know? No. The, there's reporting. I think it, I saw it from Bob Nightingale, but I think it's been more widely reported than that, that the plan is they are going to extend the season by three days. Okay. And then they are going to make up the other three or four games with double header and off day. So games. the first six games, the first series or whatever. So yeah. so from April 7th on, it should match the schedule that already came out. Right. And then, That's the idea? Okay. And we have, Try to make you know, it up. some of the okay. fun stuff, we've eliminated the Ghost Runner uh, at saw second. that. We've, saw that. I, I think that's good. Um, we're back to I, nine inning. Uh, nine double inning doubleheaders. Double uh, what do you think? Like, I, I didn't hate the seven inning doubleheaders. I gotta say, I didn't hate the seven inning doubleheader, but I do like that. It's like, okay, we're gonna go back because we're cha- You know, as a baseball purist, yeah. Uh, you know, we are going back to that. Yeah. When we're also gonna have, you know universal dh and right expanded right. playoffs and all these things like okay right. well give me this sure. back and sure. i can say okay fair enough yeah I, I i mean i don't hate the change back but i i did think like eh, okay um I, you know i was i guess you know it's kind of one of those like lesser of two evils i i don't think they needed to expand the playoffs at all but 12 is better than 14 in my mind oh, yeah. um you know the the less you have the better for me because I think it just gets watered down, um, so I, I like that. I, you know, and the universal DH. Like, look, I've I've long since given up the idea that the DH was going away, so I'm good with it. I, I I'm glad that it's a universal rule now, and that there's no longer differences in the way the two leagues play baseball. Yeah, I agree. I I'm fine with it. The other thing that I appreciate is it was so widely telegraphed that it gave you the opportunity for teams not you sure. and me but for teams to account for that 
and decide, you know, like it wasn't official, but I think a lot of non-tender decisions and things were, Mm -hmm. you know, baking in the assumption that that it would be there. Well, it was, it was too much of a winner for both sides. You know, it just, it was one of those that like there, you know, I remember last year when they couldn't agree to it. And I remember kind of being like myth, like, man, how can they not agree to this? It's uh, you know, but I, I think last year, the way I took it was just like, you know, if one side said, you know, up, the other side said down and they, they, you know, like it just didn't matter. Uh, you know, if it was a universal winner, somebody was going to disagree with it. So I like that. Um, you know, my one thing I, I think, which is just great, you know, I think it's crazy is the draft lottery. Like that's going to solve tanking. Um, the NBA's had a draft lottery for 40 years and they probably have the worst tanking problem of the three major sports when it comes to well, teams. Well, it's only the lottery's down. like four teams. Right, right, know. right. I mean, it just amazes me when we see something that doesn't work and then we think like, well, let's, let's just do that. That'll work. Like, the NBA's given us almost four decades of example that it doesn't reduce to, I mean, it just, it doesn't. Teams just do it to try to get the best odds and and you're right. It's only a certain amount of teams, so you're still going to have the incentive of we got to like it's the worst four or five, right? Isn't yeah. that what it is? Yeah. So you're still going to have it's going to be just like the NBA, where it, you know it benefits you to be among the worst three teams because you guarantee yourself a top five pick or whatever. Uh, so I don't know. I don't. I don't really think that's going to solve anything. I don't necessarily yeah. think. It needed to be solved, but well, if I that think, was something you, you know, I don't know. I think the players did a good job of holding the line on the luxury tax threshold yeah. and, and keeping yeah. it elevated because I don't think you'll ever, there's never going to be a floor, right? You're no, never going to get not. that. Right. So if you're never going to be able to put a floor down, then yeah. you might as well, you know, let your crazy Steve Cohen type yeah. owners like just spend, spend, spend. Sure. Now, Steve sure. Cohen, by the way, I think is fulfilling the promise of that uh, Russian oligarch who bought the Nets. Like Cohen's yeah. like, yeah, whatever. We'll just that's <laughs> we'll fine. Just spend I'll... as much as we need. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. I mean, I, you know, I think I think that now, you know, admittedly, the the numbers on that stuff didn't resonate with me one way or the other as much as like how the game is going to be played. How are they going to, you know, format the playoffs, the universal DH, the double headers, you know, those things mean more to me. And I think probably most fans than you know, well, the CBT is 230 million or 220 and like, eh, what you know, whatever. I mean, it, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to wrap my head around the importance of it. Yeah, I, I just that's more like agreed. It's not game relevant. It's just yeah. It, I mean, again, yeah. it, it matters, and it probably matters more than some of the other things. I I get it, but it just for me, I I found it hard to be like, okay, this this is what it should be, or I fall on this side. It's like just just figure it out, man. Meet in the middle, or figure figure out where you're gonna meet. I mean, well, because for me, I looked at it as a. Um... You know, the Brewers' projected payroll right now is somewhere in the vicinity of 120 to 125 million, which a long time ago, as a Brewer fan, (laughs) I would have thought, oh my goodness. (laughs) Right, right. But I I do frankly think it's a good thing that 
you know, there's a level on where to, to go, you know, sure. like sure. you now know, like, Hey, if, if my team's spending up near that, that's where competitive teams are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it, it makes sense. And I mean, I think it's, uh, look, it's just good. They, they figured out where to go and, you know, this, you know, we talked a lot last week about, you know, the problems facing baseball and I don't, I don't think a single one of them has been solved by, you know, this CBA, but it wasn't going to be, um, you know, you're going to solve it, hopefully, or not solve it, but improve it by just simply, you know, getting, getting better and playing games. I mean, you have to play games in order to make stars and in order to get people, you know, so in that step, I guess it did that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's just, it's just good to, you know, good to have this done. It'll be good to see what free agency, you know, it goes and it's going to be quick, you know, baseball free agency always drags. It feels like, and it can't drag now because, you know, the season starts in three weeks or something like that, basically four weeks from today, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's good news. Yeah. Uh, what a, what a we, busy, you know, month we're going to have here. NFL free agency, the tournament, the masters opening day, baseball free agency. Like, Hey, it's going to be a lot. So you got baseball, back football still stealing headlines with quarterback news all over the place that's right Aaron Rodgers is back but not for the money reported although the money reported has varied Uh, right right have they have they said what the contract actually is or we still still I haven't heard that there's any news on what it what it actually is just what it's apparently not they haven't said what it is it's yeah four years we should uh, should know relatively soon I would think. The first report was four years, two hundred million. Right. Uh, right. Rogers said that was wrong. I saw four right. years, one hundred and fifty-three million guaranteed, which that's yeah interesting. Yeah. Now, do you? I mean, I don't expect it's really a four-year full guarantee. Do you? Like, he's going to do this again next off-season with the will I or won't I retire? Yeah, I mean, I I assume that the guarantee is guaranteed on you know the the league year or guaranteed yeah. in like week four or yeah. something so that there's no like signing bonus have to pay back type of deal yeah. that it's a year-to-year deal i mean look if you flirted with retirement two years in a row you're going to continue to flirt with retirement well and you um, say it's a serious right you know he seriously considered he seriously retirement. considered it and he's not afraid of life after football and blah 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 and I, hey that's great like i I got no problem with that. I, you know, like I think guys, you know, I'm I'm all for guys retiring when they're ready to retire. You don't need to hang on until they have to pry the jersey off of you, mm-hmm. um, you know. But yeah, I mean, look, we're it's it's deja vu, is it not? Like it's it's like 2005 all over again. Packers quarterback yearly drama. Uh, you know, he he didn't want to be Brett Favre. He is Brett Favre. We're yeah. here, and uh, you know. And, and that wasn't the big news. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was for about a couple hours. And then and then the actual like shock was, was Russell Wilson on the move. Yeah, so Russell Wilson going to Denver, rumored yeah. to have been interested in Rodgers. Um, yeah. Although, in perfect coach-ism speak, you know, this is who they were targeting the whole time. Sure, they were in time. sure. Don't 
Don't of let course. the timing fool you of Roger saying he wants to go back to Green Bay and no. then pulling the trigger on this. It's it's fascinating if you if you want to be a cynic for from potentially two fronts. Is it either the Broncos got jilted by Aaron Rodgers and therefore they pivoted and now it's that you know exactly what you're saying, or is it Rodgers found out the Broncos were making you know, we're going to make this move for Wilson and thought, man, my my leverage is kind of gone now. I better get it out there. I'm coming back to the Packers. Yeah, I, I suppose. Could be a little of both. I don't know. Uh, you know I, like, I, mean, I assume that the, you know, maybe I'm biased. I assume that this was a backup plan. And, maybe. Because Rodgers was telling people apparently on Saturday. Was that, he? Yeah. Because that was Bakhtiari's yeah. wedding with a bunch right, of Right, I saw that. People. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess my thought is, like, if you're the Broncos, all things being equal, who would you rather have, the 33-year-old or the 38-year-old? I, yeah. I'd probably rather have. And, and, yeah, they gave up a lot, but they'd have to have given that same amount up to, to the Packers. I don't think it was like a, oh, well, you could have got Aaron Rodgers for a second-round pick and a seventh-rounder. Oh, no, yeah. you were going to give up that kind of return to both. I mean, Russell Wilson is a potentially a you know five-plus-year solution. Now you, you got to give him a new contract after next year, so it's not, you know, but I'm sure they will, um, you know, so you're like, well, okay. You know, Rodgers would have been a year to year feeling like, okay, we're going to go in. We're going to see what happens this year. And then who knows? Wilson is a feeling like, Hey, we've solved our quarterback issue for the next several years. If mm-hmm. all goes according to plan. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, but it's, uh, it's interesting just from the standpoint of, uh, I didn't expect it. I, I thought he was going to, you know, stay in Seattle um, now, of course, as always, the news comes out afterwards that like the re- relationship had gotten to disrepair and they knew they were going to have to move on. I mean, OK, I, I guess I have to believe that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really didn't see it coming. Uh, you know, it, it when Roger's announcement came out in that couple hours between the two things, I even thought like, boy, this this quarterback, you know, uh, musical chairs this offseason could be pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And it still may end up overall being kind of routine, but but that was that was a big domino I didn't expect. Yeah, well, so Wilson moves in exchange for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and a bunch of picks. Bunch of picks, yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm curious to see what they do with those picks. And then the Colts deal Carson Wentz to Washington. Yeah. Um. So the newest commander. Year year six of. The or year five of the wilderness post Andrew Luck. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, you get the feeling it's going to be another kind of one year band aid for them. You know, with maybe the option that it turns into more, but they don't have a first round pick. In part, well, not in part, in in all because of the Wentz trade from the Eagles. Uh, you know, that goes to the to the Eagles. So, you know, like. Maybe they're a potential Jordan Love landing spot? Maybe, maybe. I've heard them connected. And one guy, I'll tell you, one guy I like for them is, is Mariota. Mariota's yeah. a free agent. Would I mean, I, I still have not given up on Mariota being a decent quarterback in the NFL. Maybe oh, I'll yeah. go down with the ship. But, but, you know, like a good offensive line, a good running game. Like, man, that feels like a place where he could have success if he's going to. Yeah. When it seems like this offseason, it's him and Trubisky are the two free agents. Free yeah, agents it, Jameis maybe if Jameis, but the thought is Jameis is going to go back to the Saints. I mean, yeah. that's not a done deal, but 
that seems to be the prevailing wisdom is that he'll go back to the Saints. So, yeah, as far as guys who are actually out there, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I know that I read the Trubisky to the Giants rumor. I guess, you know, that's interesting. But if you believe they're really in on Daniel Jones, then that doesn't make sense as much. But, of course, people say things and then they end up, you know, I mean, Pete Carroll said they had no intention of trading Russell Wilson and, but, you know, seven days later, he's gone. So I suppose you should never believe anything that's said in February and March. Uh, and then, just to just to make sure baseball didn't steal too much time on social media and ESPN, yeah. uh, the Bears deal Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, back to the AFC West for him, I guess. And uh, and teaming up with know, one of the Bosa brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, if he's, if he's healthy and what he has been that's that's a big pickup for the chargers i would think um you know their their huge weakness last year was run defense that doesn't help their run defense but you know maybe they maybe they take you know jordan davis or something like that in the draft um and you know use that as that attempt uh but yeah i mean uh, you know that afc west is gonna be fun man i mean like just the quarterbacks alone uh, those four quarterbacks are all really good uh, Derek carr is probably the worst of the four and He's pretty darn good. Yeah. So, so it's become interesting. Um, yeah, and, and more to come next week, I'm sure. I mean, it always moves quick in the NFL because of the cap. You gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know, grab your chair while it's there. So, yeah, by by the end of next week, probably a lot more will have happened. Yeah. With the potential of a Deshaun Watson, depending on what happens tomorrow in the legal world, um, you know, maybe that moves quickly too. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is one more shoe that'll drop because it, it seems pretty clear that whatever happens, he's not going to be the quarterback for the Texans. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And if, I mean, the, the thought is, who knows that, you know, if he's, if he's not indicted for a criminal, you know, a complaint tomorrow, which apparently the grand jury is tomorrow that, you know, the trade could move quick. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, like you almost forget how good he was. Like I was looking, at, I was just happened to like look at some random stuff, you know, and I came across his numbers. Like man, this guy really had like three excellent years before last year, and then we kind of forgot about him and all the, you know, like this guy's really good. So it, it's a it's an impact addition, whoever gets him. Well, and one of the things that I think tells you how good of a football player he is, yeah, is look how bad they were, yeah, without him. <laughs> Right, right, exactly, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's He covered up a lot of problems. He definitely did, yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, you know, he's still young, and now, you know, you you, you wonder, there's a risk, because you you risk, you know, he's probably going to be suspended for part of next season, I think that's a reasonable guess, so whoever's getting him is not likely getting him for all all of next season, but, um, but man, he's young and, and has been really good, and I, you know, Gosh, if you're the Carolina Panthers, the Bucks, and the Eagles, I mean, it, it's it's got to be enticing. Oh, for sure. Um, so that there's a lot of good news and a lot of exciting stuff, and and March Madness is good news and exciting stuff. For sure, for um, sure. But I think we are now done with the positive, happy time. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess we are. Well, it, it depends, right? I guess we are. It, it depends on how positive and happy you want to be. It depends on what kind of timeline you're looking at. Yeah, you 
The last yeah. 36 hours for ASU, not happy. Not good. But not the good. last two months of the season and the potential yeah. of guys coming back, depending transfer portal, etc. Right, right. And, and that's it. That's the that's the million dollar you know question is can you bring this group back? I mean, I, I you know we talked about this last week. You know, can you bring most of this group back? Add the you know the freshman that you've got coming in. Maybe you pick up another one or two transfers out there, and you've got a pretty good team. Um, but if you know if you see guys disappearing, then it's like God, you're starting all over again. And I mean, that's that's the frustrating thing about this year is yeah, the last month, month and a half played pretty good basketball. Um, but it, you know, you can't wait until end of January to to start looking like a competent team. That's pretty much what we did. And then, God, that game yesterday was just, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I was enraged. I'm, I'm less enraged as time has gone on. But if I think about it, I'll just get equally enraged because it's just an inexcusable loss. I, I don't even know how to address it. Mm-hmm. My brother asked, does this have to be the end of the Hurley era? And I said, well, no. for the football program, maybe. Yeah, and I, and I don't think you – I mean, I guess my thought is this. Like, you don't make a decision like that off of one game. Now, if you were on the fence, which apparently we were not, you know, we apparently, the, 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 you know, um, then that might be sort of a push like, well, geez. Um, you know, teams lose game. I mean, like Michigan blew a 17-point lead today and lost. Doesn't make it okay, but, you know, like teams lose games – and, and it's a bad loss. I don't think he should be fired for it. But, boy, oh, boy, it's frustrating. And and it's just, I guess the biggest thing I kept thinking all all evening was just, like, you got to be able to handle success. You got to, you know, so we, we had a pretty good month of February, start of March. We go into the tournament with some momentum. We play really well for 37 minutes. Game is in our hands. We're going to go on. We're going to get Arizona today. We're going to take our chances and just melted down in every imaginable way the last three minutes of that game. Yeah, poor decision-making. Missed free throws. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, missed missed four free throws, including two front ends, so basically gave away six points when you you lose by one. It's it's one of those things, like, in a situation like that, there's 25 things that happen, and if even one or two go your way, you win. Maybe you win barely. Maybe it's it's ugly and you're like, oh, we dodged a bullet. But you win. But everything went, and I, I don't want to say went against us. I mean, that's like, that means like somebody was out to get us. No, it's just like everything went wrong. We didn't do one thing right, which is all we needed. We needed to do one thing right and we probably win. Yeah. It, um, it led me to a thought. Since Trey Holder left, have you been confident in a free throw shooter on our team? No, no. Because it was like Glasser nah. and Holder. Right. But. Not really since, yeah. no. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, and and yeah, it, it cost us big time yesterday. I mean, you know, we Kamani Lawrence gets that dunk right before the TV timeout, puts us up by 14. He gets fouled on the play, so, you know, got a chance to make it 15. He comes out and misses a free throw. Then I think he missed the first front end. Then Jalen Graham misses a front end. Then Marion Jackson misses the second free throw to put us up by five, which would have been huge because Stanford scored five more points. 
Um, yeah, just, you know, and, and just some bonehead plays, too. I mean, I think it was when we were up by, gosh, I think it was maybe we were up by six. Jackson goes and tries to throw, like, you know, a, a lob pass to, to Gaffney. Graham? I mean, oh, Gaffney, Gaffney. Was it Graham? I no, don't know. No, who, it was yeah. Gaffney. You're right. Was it Ga- yeah, I mean, it's just like, come on, man. What You know, like, that's a low percentage play anytime. Get a good shot. Uh, and and just be sm- and then the last possession when we were up by one, we you know there was a what eight second differential. We we dribble it all the way out. We end up with a bad shot. You know didn't really try to run any offense or anything good. I mean it's just it's frustrating because really we played very well in the game. We made threes. We they made a little run midway through the second half. We were up seventeen. They got it down to seven, but we we answered right back hit a couple threes, you know, get a couple stops. And it's like, all right, we, we survived. We dodged the run that every team's going to make. We're going to, we're going to win this game convincingly and take our chances. And yeah, you know, I texted you about, you know, well, the only good thing is, you know, now we don't lose to Arizona. And it's like later that later in the night, I thought, no, that's not a good thing because I'd rather be in the game and lose to Arizona than not be in it. And that's the, you know, that's the problem. Like, no, you want to, you want to be in the arena and, and have a chance. And we took our chance away. It has been really a horror show in Vegas other than it really when has. we made it to the final. And even then, we blew a huge lead in the final. I mean, it's, and that was LA. Uh, I mean, but the, yeah, the conference tournament, since it's restarted, it is just a nightmare for ASU basketball. It really is. I mean, even the one year, twenty it was twenty it was oh nine, right? Harden's Harden's second year that we mm-hmm. made the final. Mm-hmm. And and we had a you know, I don't remember exactly, but I know we were up double digits midway through the second half. It wasn't three minutes to go. But it was a similar feeling of like, wow, we're gonna win. This is ours. You know, we're controlling this game. We are the better team. And then it just, you know, slowly, not as quick as this one slowly just got away from us and we lost that and yeah i mean the, the number of blown games you were at one i know that you know mm-hmm. herb sendex last game which haller referenced in his article today um you yeah. know 2008 when we lost to usc in the first game we probably needed to win to 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 go to the tournament we lost uh, in you know excruciating fashion i mean it's just uh, like the list goes on and on and on of just like nightmare scenarios in the conference tournament for us and even the year where it got canceled was a nightmare because we were playing yeah. so well right right we had won didn't we win our first game on wednesday night we mm-hmm. played who i can't remember who we played and it was like you know yeah we're gonna go to the tournament maybe we could even win this thing the conference tournament not not yeah. the national championship but you know it's like yeah okay um yeah it just it just feels like it's uh it's a constant nightmare <laughs> you know and you just that's the thing about yesterday, and I'm not, I'm not saying we were going to go on and win it. I don't, I don't think so. But you know, we were playing well enough that you think maybe, maybe this is our time. Maybe this is the time we're going to be paid back for all those nightmares. And then, nope, we just get to add another one to the list. Well, and it's like what Haller said about how you know we came in as the eight, but we were playing like yeah. the four. Like we weren't sure. the LA schools, and we weren't. Arizona, or Arizona. We no, really no. Well. Yeah, I mean, I told you on, on Sunday night, we were texting, and, you know, I, and I mean this. Like, I, I did not like our draw because I thought, first of all, I thought playing Stanford back-to-back games did, didn't work in our favor 
Now that turned out not, I mean, Stanford beat us, but they didn't outplay us. I was concerned that playing them consecutive games would be like, uh, you know, you just like flip of a coin, they'll be the better team in this game. Mm-hmm. That was not the case. But then getting Arizona, I, I really believe if we could have gotten into the seventh spot, that we could have made a run. Like we could have beat UCLA or USC or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we beat UCLA already once this year and played them, played them tough the second time. I, you know, I just, I didn't like our chances to beat Arizona because of their size and, and the way that size is just such a, overmatching for us it felt like in that game in Tempe I just didn't I didn't think we could beat them now Stanford almost did today but I just didn't like our chances yeah but I, like I said would've I would have loved to, to find there. out yeah yeah I mean like you know it's like it's like you know making fun of the Bills for losing four Super Bowls like at least they were there mm-hmm. I mean, at least they you know they got there they gave themselves a chance every year I'll take that over a team that's only been to one. And, uh, you know, like, you give yourself an opportunity, and we don't give ourselves the opportunity enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's... So... You know, it just tough. feels like we do it to ourselves. Yeah, oh, we did. I mean, you know, you, look, Stanford made some good plays. They made some shots. They, you know, I'm not saying they did nothing, but you don't give up a 14-point lead with three minutes to go all because the other team was heroic. You got to make a ton of mistakes, and we we made a ton of mistakes. So here's my question for you: Do you want Marvin Bagley back? I mean, Marcus Bagley back? Gosh, uh, I don't know. That's a that is a great question, and I I wish I had an answer. I've been I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot. Yeah, because I have too. You know. He's got all the talent, but he's he does. he's a big. It, it's kind of a big distraction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it, 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 it's obviously I have to answer the question, you know, without knowing the future, as we do with any question. But like, if you told me he could be healthy, just healthy, I'd say absolutely because I, you know, we saw it last year. He's a pretty good player. Not, you know, I don't think he's you know an NBA All Star or anything, but. He's a pretty good player, and I think he would be a help, obviously. But, you know, if you, I mean, maybe in some ways, and I'm not blaming him, he got hurt, but, like, was part of our slow start this year because we've, you know, we factored him in as a big part of things, and then he's not there. And I know guys get hurt, you know, I mean, and you never know. But now it's two years in a row with him, and so you feel like, God, how, how, can, you, how can you count on him being available? Well, and the thing is, like, he'll have other suitors. Yeah, yeah. I think his, I mean, if I was him or advising him, I'd say a transfer makes sense. You know, get a fresh start. Uh, well, and the I'd, NBA, frank, I'd frankly see, like, who's got the best training staff? Right, you know, is right. there a is is there a college version of, like, the Phoenix Suns? How the Suns were yeah. forever considered to have a great training right. staff. Right, you know, right. Is there somewhere the where you Dan's can go and be like, days, yeah. you know, just, you know, maybe that is the, re- you know, I don't know, but maybe that is the reputation at, like, Kentucky or, right, you know, right. even, yeah. a, even yeah. a school that's like a, you know, a moderate equivalent type thing, like uh, Texas, oh, great. you know. Sure, sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that makes the most sense for him. Like, I, I don't think going to the draft makes any sense. There's no way in my mind he gets picked in the draft. So you're 
you're taking your chances as an undrafted free agent, which is a huge pool of guys, and you haven't shown much. I mean, it's just it's a huge uphill climb from that. It works occasionally, but very occasionally. Um, so, I mean, I think he should stay in college, but maybe it's time, you know, to just kind of come to a realization that, like, it just didn't work here. Nobody's fault. Just, you know, one of those things. We've got a pretty good core of guys coming back, um, and I hate to mess with that core. Now, the other factor, and this is the part we don't know, is, like, are all those guys coming back? Is the, you know, this, we, we played a nine-man rotation this year. Two of them were seniors. So are all seven guys coming back? If so, I'm probably okay with, with Marcus Bagley. You know, like, yeah, wish him luck. Thanks for the memories. They weren't, they weren't many, but, you know, okay. Well, you know who the but biggest guy is on that is, shockingly, Jalen Graham. Like, Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, he should come back. He should come back well, to should, college. He should come back to college, but, yeah, I think, you know, that's probably where you're going is, like, does he make a good transfer addition somewhere? Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's progressed well enough that he might. Yeah. So and and, and Boyachi is not the not the guy yet. No, he, no, he's not. He's extremely raw. I mean, you hope for some progress in year two, um, but yeah, he's he's not there yet. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a big one, and that's a piece we don't know and probably won't for a bit. Is you know. Are we getting that seven-man rotation back? And then you add this Austin Nunez kid, and I guess there's and a Neil, forward that we Jemiah have. And Neil. Yeah, who was good. You know, he was solid. I um, expected to have a Horn. bigger role. He was. He was, yeah. You know, um, I mean, like, I, you know, I only, I mean, look, I'm going to be up front. I went to one game this year. You know that. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, but I went to the last game, and I watched them, and I'm like, no. That was when I realized we only had two seniors. I thought some of these other transfers were seniors. I just assumed I they were. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it's like, wow, okay, you know, DJ Horn is back and Jay Heath is back, or or could be, I should say. I'll yeah. qualify that. These guys are um, all, they, they all have eligibility remaining. Yeah, yeah, you know, so you're like, all right, Jalen Graham, obviously, Luther Muhammad, um, you know, Jemiah Neal. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's not a bad group. I'm not saying it's, it's you know, Elite eight group, but pretty good. And, you know, you lose Marion Jackson, but our biggest recruit is a point guard. So, yeah. you know, you, fi- you figure maybe you fill that gap. Kalani Lawrence is going to be a tough one to replace. He, he really was a, a very important part of the last couple of years, especially. Um, but, you know, like there's enough there that you feel like, all right, this, this finish to the season, as much of a kick in the nuts as yesterday was, it, you, you know, you can build on it with with a group a lot of them coming back and that's what i want to see because like you know it's all well and good to praise bobby early for what they did this year and and finish the year and that's true but you know don't suck so bad for the first two and a half months to where all of a sudden showing some life is like wow you look great like you know like i want to see something all year not for a month when the season's already lost yeah and the, and what the hope is, I think, is that with this core group returning, you won't have the. I, I mean, you can chalk the Riverside loss up, for example, sure. to look. It was their second game playing together. Right. Um, right. Exactly. You know. But but now yeah. we shouldn't be in a position where those things happen. 
like they at should all. not. No, no, and they can't. I mean, like, look, it's like next year's year eight for him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, am I doing the math right? And we haven't been past the round of sixty-four, and we haven't finished a regular season ranked. Right? We've we've been ranked in December and January, but not only. I mean, I don't think we've ever we've been we've sniffed a, a final regular season top twenty-five. So I don't want to put it all on tournament because you can be a you know really good team and lose in the first round, or you can have an average year and win a couple games and like oh we were in the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, you weren't one of the sixteen best teams in the country. I I want a season where we are maybe not one of the sixteen best, but twenty five best, a, a, a top twenty five team that doesn't have to worry on sun on selection Sunday if they're going to get in. We haven't had that with him. Yeah. No. And even even 2020, everybody assumes we were going to get in, but it wasn't a sure thing. We, we weren't a lock. Yeah. We were probably on the right side of the bubble, but it was you know it was going to be sweating it out on Sunday, just like we did the previous two years, and we got to the first four. Like, I, I, you know, Herb had a year where we, we you know we were a six seed. That's the kind of year I'm looking for. Like it's it's time. Time to stop, you know, being average and just being like, oh, what a great coaching job that you got us to 10 and 10 in the conference. Well, it's yeah, the same, it it's was. The, it's the exact same thing, the exact same thing that we talk about with football. Like, yes, you top 25, yes. you know, competing yes. for the, t- you know, the top three or four in the conference. In the conference, and, yes. And, you know, either ranked or others receiving votes all year, like, Right, not that kind of season that you're a legit good team. I'm not asking to be a Final Four number one seed. Obviously, that's my dream. But you know, like I'm not, I'm not asking for that to happen next year. I realize that may never happen for ASU. Doesn't mean I don't aspire to it, but it may never happen. But it can and has happened in the past that ASU has had a top twenty-five caliber team that made the tournament with ease, and it's about damn time that that happens under Bobby Hurley or what are we doing here? Like I, I like the guy. He did a nice job turning things around this year. But come on, man. Like, you know, you don't you don't get an A because you started out producing F work and you got your average up to a D plus. It's still a D plus. Well, and that, so that leads me to a question for you. And, and obviously we're not as close to the team as, as Doug Howler. Yeah. But Howler yeah. has been pretty consistent in saying this was Hurley's best coaching job. Yeah. I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I mean, maybe it's the best job of like not letting them quit. Like that's for right. sure. Cause right. last year's team, sure. if this was the same makeup as last year's team, we would have finished around Oregon state, you know, after probably that Riverside so. game, yes. we probably would have been like seven and 24. That's it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, like, I do wonder if, in a way, this Haller's falling victim to a little bit of, like, you know, prisoner of the moment. You, you see a team that looks like crap for two and a half months, and all of a sudden they show some light, and it's like, wow, this is, uh, this is the best coaching job I've seen. And like, I mean, we had, we had two tournament teams and another that was probably going to get there, and those teams weren't loaded with talent. It's not like, you know, he had the Fab Five or something, and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, of course they made the tournament. So... No, I'm not. I'm not ready to sign off on that. I give him credit for turning it around this year, sure. But best coaching job of the seven years he's been here. No, the whole season counts. I mean, in my mind, like you know, November counts just as much as March. 
And when you start out sucking, that lowers your grade. Yeah, and I think there is certainly a recency bias in all of this. Right? Yeah. Like, we yeah. we did have, and I'm, I'm victim of it, the best coaching job he's done is a little hyperbolic for my taste, but yeah. Um, but I have the recency bias of, Hey, look, we finished the year seven and two. That's, yeah. You know, that's something to build on. And if this were, it is. you know, if, if we were a, a decade ago, I, with the information we have about who could come back and who's coming in, I, I'd say, right. My goodness. You know, right. Watch Agreed. out for the Arizona schools and the LA schools being on top of this conference. Agreed. You know, Agreed. but we're but not now in that world. Changed and, so much. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I am terrified. And I'm shocked that I would say this because of all the Boyachi quotes <laughs> and, and discussion at the start. Yeah. I'm terrified of Graham leaving because me too. There is me no, too. Because yeah, he's, there's no he's answer. Become, agreed. And he's become a valuable part of what we do. And, and yeah, I mean like, you know, like maybe the, maybe the Boyachi kid, you know, progresses. You hope so. I mean, you know, he, he was supposed to be a high school senior this year, right? He, yeah. he reclassified. So, you know, give him a learning curve and okay. But I don't know that he's ready to be, the, you know, 30, 32 minutes a night, uh, you know, carry the freight inside guy that, that, you know, he hopefully will be eventually next year. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and that's the thing is it's not even – it's not like okay, you got to keep guys around. You got to you know you got to make sure they're happy here. And no, it's you, your roster could just get poached. Somebody out there who's better than ASU, and there are many, could say, you know, we need a big man. Hey, let's see if that kid from ASU wants to come here for his last year of college. And if it's you know, I mean, I don't know that it would be, but if it's Kentucky or something like that, how does he turn that down? Yeah. I couldn't ask him. I mean, like, how could you go to him and say, no, you need to stay at ASU? Of course not. No, I don't, I'm not, you know, Kentucky's probably an extreme example. But even if it's, uh, you know, Purdue or, uh, you know, Ohio State or, you know, a, a top 25 type program, like, yeah, man, you you got to take that opportunity if it's there. Yeah. So that's the thing. You're right. It's not a decade ago. and And so I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, check back with me in May when the, when, because I believe May 1st is the deadline to be eligible to play the next year, isn't it? Right. I it is. For football, I think it, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, let's, let's revisit this in May and see who's still on the roster. Um, because then, yeah, the seven and two finish could feel like something you build on, or it could feel like a, a fluky run when, you know, the season was lost and you probably had a lot of teams thinking, oh, we're playing ASU tonight. Man, they suck. And, and you don't get their best. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know, okay. It's the, you know, the 1990 Cincinnati Bengals. They did that every year. They'd start, you know, three and 10. Then they'd win three in a row. It's like, oh, you know, the Bengals are going to be good next year. Then they'd suck again. Yeah. It's, uh, I hope we don't get to. I hope not to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, I give him credit for how they kept afloat this year and played better. And I'm glad they did. But like I said, man, every, every game counts, you know, and, and that's how you end up in the eight seed because you started out so poorly and, and 
you know, it's how you end up 14 and 17, even though you finished seven and two, because you started out so poorly. So like to say, oh, this was his best coaching job. No, I don't quite subscribe to that. It's a nice job. Pat on the back. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah. Um, agreed. It's, uh, well, the thing that's weird to me, and now we can pivot to the last subject. Sure. But the thing that's weird to me is this is all, I I think his job security, that statement is all predicated on the fact that everything's going wrong with basketball. And I, I, maybe I'm a cynic. With football? Yes. I'm sorry. With football. Football. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm a cynic. Okay, maybe I'm uh, just... Well, if you are, then uh, what am I? Because I'm a whole <laughs> lot more cynical, I think, than you. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe we both are. But, you know, you don't... If, if you're going to ditch Ray, you don't let yeah. Ray do this higher. No, no. And, and, are you going to ditch Ray? Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of feel like it's weird to say this. I kind of feel like we're one more thing away from Ray going. And yeah, and, maybe. And I, I think it's a package deal. Not that you would fire um, Herm, but I think. No. I think Herm leaves the program at the end of next season. No matter what, you think? Yeah. I, I think yeah. there's a massive overhaul. And I, can and see I that. think that. Yeah. I think what happens is Ray probably goes yeah because you can't let him make another coaching hire i mean i tend to agree but boy i just i don't know that i i don't know i guess it depends on what comes of of the whole ncaa thing so let me ask you this because i'm not as close to it as you yeah yeah what other big projects or goals are in the works that we haven't accomplished we're like, getting the hockey like arena. Financing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're getting the hockey arena. Question. We finished the right. football stadium. We've moved baseball off campus. Right, right. I mean, there was always the, you know, we're gonna we're gonna overhaul, redo, renovate Wells Fargo, whatever it's called now, Desert yeah. Financial. But that seems to be on ice. I mean, I like I, I haven't heard anything about that in years. Yeah. So yeah, there really isn't anything that I that I know of. Now I'm I, I'm I'm here, but I'm not as locked in. I, you know, like I don't read AZ Central much anymore. And I, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know of anything that is like in the works. Um, so you're, you, I mean, I assume you mean that in the sense of like, what's the point of continuing to keep him if, if his yeah. big advantage is all the facility stuff, if you're, if, if you've reached the end of that. If it's done, like, because I, I do believe, truly believe that there are, he has done good things for the facilities. Yeah. And and I I believe that there is value in continuity. Sure, um, sure. for stuff like I that. Agree. But if but if we're at the end of major projects. Yeah. You know. Uh, I it's successful enough at that that we don't need him to finish it. Yeah. But not successful I mean, enough at picking coaches and staying out right. of trouble to make it worthwhile to keep him. I agree with you. I mean, I'm not, so let me, let me phrase this clearly. Like I'm not arguing with you at all that I think this way. I just don't know if Crow thinks this way. Remember that Michael Crow is the guy who stuck by Larry Scott 
all the way to the end. And and in spite of a mountain of evidence that Larry Scott was was not running the conference well, he never turned on him. He never moved away from him. Even when Larry Scott finally stepped away, I don't think he ever, you know, made any public comments or, or gave any disapproving of him. So, like, I just wondered, like, is the person in charge on the same page as us and, and most fans? And I'm not saying fans should run the athletic department. They shouldn't, you know. No, but, not unless that fan is a billionaire like Phil Knight. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like, and, and you know, again, I don't, you don't make decisions based on fan polls, you know, because fans, you know, want a coach fired and then the next week they love him and then the next week they hate him again. And, I, you know, I get it. But I just don't, I don't know that Michael Crow looks at the athletic department in the way that we think he should, I guess, if, if, if I say it that way. Like, I don't know that he really cares about how good we are. And that, I hate saying that. Now, the the rule stuff, the NCAA stuff, maybe that's the ticket. If you say, you know, okay, he, you know, he takes following the rules seriously, blah 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 blah. Maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but like, I'm not sure he's upset at the fact that you know, football went eight and four when they were expected to be really good. He probably looks at that and says, eh, yeah, they went eight and four. Great, good job, everybody. Yeah, everyone's doing a plus work here. Yeah, because I just I've, I've never gotten the feeling. I mean, he's been around since we were in school here. That athletics really matter to him. No, and you know, I just I think they are uh, a necessary evil in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and and so I don't think he really aspires to. You know, I I said a few minutes ago that my aspiration is that ASU could be a number one seed, Final Four level team. I don't know that Michael Crow really birds for that to happen or for the football team to be at the college football playoff. And, you know, because then it becomes too big. I mean, we've seen it. We've, we've seen it at other schools when sports become so big that the president becomes almost subservient to the head coach. Yeah, the and guy at Ohio State. Part of that. Yeah, I was going to say, Ohio State, look at Penn State, you know, all that, all that happened there. I mean, Florida State with Bobby Bowden. I mean, you know, when you, when, you know, it, I'm sure it's the case now at Alabama with Nick Saban, like, you know, nobody's bigger than Nick Saban um, at Alabama or any, or even in the state. And I don't think Michael Crow wants any part of that. I don't, I don't think he wants to share the mantle with a, you know, powerful, hugely successful coach who's going to demand the world and we're going to have to give it to him because he's that good. I don't, I don't think he wants that. Yeah. So. I don't know if he's going to get, I mean, like I, you know, I went to the basketball game with my dad, Ray Anderson was there and, you know, just kind of like, you know, looking around before the game and I see him and I'm thinking, am I convinced that a year from right now, anything's going to be different? I'm not. I, I mean, I tend to agree with you that Herm probably only has one more year, but I don't know. I mean, like if the year is a disaster, yeah, probably so. But if we go six and six, is there impetus to make a change? It would be for me and for you probably, but I don't know if it actually happens. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. I agree with you from your overarching point, right? That yeah. uh, that the 
business of administrating athletics should not be left to the fans. No, no, for but, sure, for but sure. I wish there was a little more fan service. There has to be a balance there, you know, like anything. I mean, you know, because you've got to keep your fans invested. And, and we know in Phoenix that's not easy to do. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, Haller made this point of, like, one of the reasons you keep Herm is to keep a competitive team and, you you know, keep people in the stands. And But I can almost make the opposite argument that fans have, have like, I feel like, I haven't talked to every single fan or anything, but it feels like a lot of ASU fans have kind of given up on the Herm era. And I don't, I mean, like, what's the attendance going to look like next year for NAU in Eastern Michigan? Probably going to be awful if i had to guess uh yeah i mean you have a you have a pretty poor home schedule next year utah's gonna be really good but utah's not a sexy team i mean the average fan in phoenix is not going to realize that utah's really good um and outside of that you know oregon state washington ucla solid programs but they don't move the needle your non-conference games stink so a new coach would have gotten somebody maybe excited, like, oh, we got to go out and see this new coach, blah blah blah. Herm, I don't, I don't know. Does that really keep fans invested? No. I, look, I'm out. I don't know how else to say this. Uh, I'm out on the Herm era. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I you know, and I, I'm not. Well, I'll ask you. I'm not going to speak for you. When I say I'm out, it doesn't mean I'm not going to care. I mean, I'm going to. I'm going to watch and I'm going to pay attention and, uh, you know, and I'm going to go to a couple games, I'm sure, you know, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. Would, would that be an accurate way for you to put it to? Yeah. I, I don't mean I'm not going to root for the team. I'm going to root for the team. But if you right. told me that finishing six and six will save his job and finishing five and seven won't, I won't be, I won't be that <laughs> much happier to finish six and six than five. No, and six. I agree. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to predict where it goes because I really do like, and so, you know, one of the, the reason I said we should talk to issue football is because spring ball's coming up and we haven't talked about that in a, a lick, but I, I know why, um, you know, but I read Haller's thing about the, you know, the depth chart, and the, you know, you look and you think, well, you know, there's, there's some decent position groups here, and maybe this team isn't going to be terrible. But I just, I don't know, the vibe around the program, it just feels like a you know three-win season feels very much a possibility. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we win two of the three non-conference games, NAU and Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. And after that, I don't know. Now it's six months away, and, you know, I mean, obviously we'll see. But, uh I don't know. You know, it just feels like, you know, lame duck coaching staff, potentially bad coaching staff, maybe, uh, you know, questions. It's really key position, quarterback, offensive line, secondary, like it just has a potential for disaster. Yeah. I mean, I, I, unless Borget or Tyson or Finn Collins is, or Macklemore is great right. and, and a revelation. We're right. in trouble. I mean, it feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and, and you've got three new starters on the offensive line. Uh, 
And I'm reading Haller's, you know, thing about that. And he's got three projected starters being the transfers. And that's okay, except I'm thinking, didn't Herm tell us we had like 12 players that were good enough last year to, to contribute? Didn't I hear that? We had a second line that was just as, just as ready and we got depth. And where are those guys? Did they leave? Did I miss them? I, I think that it was false. I mean, I mean this as a legitimate question. Like, I know we've had some transfers, but I don't recall any of the offensive line transferring. Am I missing somebody? Am I forgetting somebody? Uh, no, West leaving is... Right. West left, and then, you know, the seniors, you know. But, like, where's the depth? Where's the, you know, that second line that was supposed to be like, oh, we're recruiting well enough, and... You know, why did we need to go get three transfers to to plug holes on the offensive line? Now, if they're good, I guess I don't care. You know, if it comes down to it. If it works, yeah. Yeah, if it works, it works. You know, I mean, one of the, you know, related, but, uh, you know, Hallard did that survey about, you know, the state of ASU football. And one of the questions was like, you know, what's your opinion on the era, you know, recruiting the state of Arizona? And (laughs) I I chose the answer. Well, I chose the answer that, like, you know, if we win, I don't care where the players are from because that's true. You give me a, you give me a team of, you know, uh, Italians, and if we go to the Rose Bowl, I'm fine with it. I don't care, uh, you know. But you know, does it does it help to have you know? And it's the same with the offensive line. Like, I mean, if if five new guys can come in and be good, great. But that's hard to do. Continuity helps with that group more than any group. And, like, where are these guys that we recruited that were supposed to be the next wave? They're gone. Are they? But are they are gone? They nev- well, they never existed. <laughs> were they, ever- they, were, they only existed in <laughs> our hearts. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, you know. So, I don't know, man. I mean, am I, am I um, excited for spring ball? Eh, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm not, like, Super excited, but you know, I guess it's it's always fun to see what happens and you know stories and stuff like that. And I'll go to the spring game, I'm sure. Um, but it's just it's uh, you know again, I go back to the thing about you know you got to keep fans invested, and that's why you keep Herm. And I know that's not a hundred percent what Howler said, but I think you might really be able to argue the opposite. Yeah, well, because a new coach brings a new hope. Right. And you always have it. You have that one year honeymoon where no matter who it is, no matter how criticized the hire is, Herm was a great example. The Herm hire was criticized from all corners of the nation. But there was still excitement here. He came in, he said all the right things, he brought in some assistance, he, you know, and was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And early on, it paid off somewhat, you know, but, but that excitement seemed warranted. Um, so yeah, a new, you know, now I'm not saying you should bring in a new coach every year just to, you know, sell excitement, but in this case, it, it might've been warranted. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I enjoyed reading the power depth chart projections and, and there were a couple of position groups there that I thought, you know, we could you know, running back defensive line linebacker, like kind of like those groups. Feel, feel pretty good about them, but man, some you know O O line, secondary, and quarterback all feel like major question marks. Well, and that's part of the problem, right? Is the 
the world of college football has gone the way of the world of pro football. You, you need sure. to have a quarterback. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and you need to have an offensive line. Yeah, that can protect said quarterback and give you the chance to run the ball. And you know, and yeah, and and you got to have guys in the secondary to defend the pass because the other team probably most of the time has a good quarterback. And even if they don't, they have an offense that will will play to his strengths. They'll spread it out. They'll throw five wides and they'll throw short screen passes. And you know you can you can be average and throw for three hundred yards a game. Um, so yeah, those those areas feel significant when when you have that many questions on them. Yeah. But if the if the coin flip goes our way on those areas, then hey, maybe we could be halfway decent. And that's. I think I said this one of the last times we talked, like 8-4 felt like a disappointment this past year. 8-4 would feel like, you know, crowning achievement in 2022. Yeah. Agreed. Um, anything else in the world of sports? Oh, uh, I guess probably worth mentioning that mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming to WrestleMania. It's not sports, yeah, but, it sounds but it's like sports not in a match. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, which it, it shouldn't be a match. They made I it mean, seem I, like he didn't know what it was on that right. uh, recorded video. Right, right. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, a, a segment where he comes out and gives, you know, KO a couple of stunners and flips off the crowd or, you know, fl- not flips beer. off the crowd in, in direct. Drinks some beer, pours some beer on Owen's lifeless like, body you're gonna get you're gonna get yeah. a glass break you're, yep you're gonna get some beers a stunner and you're gonna, you're gonna get, get some beers you're gonna get yes. owens talking about how his stunner looks better than austin right and then right. austin's gonna stun him and that's and ripping on texas yeah and uh, yeah yeah i mean you know and that's fine it's a great it's a crowd-pleasing moment and the thing if to they me keep that's, it to that I'll, I'll share this the thing to me that's weird about it and this is why i brought, wanted to bring it up I could have done yeah. this after we stopped recording, but you know, maybe your mom's still listening. If so, you never hello, know. Mrs. She Story. You never know. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no one else is, so we might as well just talk about yeah. it now. Yeah. Uh, my thing is, I wish that they didn't have. To, I I wish they didn't have to tell me that it was right. coming, because now, like, it's going to be a KO show or something. Yes. Yes. And he's going to come out, but we've already eliminated the pretense of it being like they're going to talk. He's being just going to Right, right. I know. I agree. I mean, uh, surprises are the best in wrestling, and they so rarely do them anymore, it feels yeah. like. We got, there was one on AEW last night. I don't know. I heard. But uh, Je- Jeff Hardy's Jeff Hardy. appearance uh, with with his the original Hardy Boys music. I heard, yeah, it's very cool. pretty cool. I like that. I like that. But yeah, anyway, I just wanted to mention it because I, you know, I had been following along and I figured you had also known that. I have. I have, yes. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see him, you know, but I, I like that at least so far, and I hope it stays this way, that it's not a match. Yeah. You know, like we didn't, his days of like actual match, nah. But, you know, let's just give me the segment. Crowd will love it. I'm good with it. For me, the one thing I was kind of hoping was he was making fun of Texas is if they could have gotten, like, all the Texas people, like, Shawn Michaels is from Texas, The Undertaker's from Texas, uh, not that I was expecting The Undertaker, but, 
you know, like all these guys could just come and hit him with the finishing move. Right. And it's like, <laughs> right. Right. Know. I agree. I agree. That would have been cool. So, anyway. Well, the Undertaker will be there. He's getting into the Hall of Fame that week. Along with uh, Psycho Sid and Vader. Which and is, Vader, yes. Yeah. Exactly. The the Vader one is is deserved from the WCW Vader. Yes. He agreed. Was, he was a very scary bad guy. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Is is I know he's dead. Is Sid still alive or did he Sid die? Sid is too? still alive. Sid's like is he? Okay. and he's only like sixty something and he's been out of wrestling for his la- a while. I think his last appearance was like twenty twelve or something. Yeah, well he had that nasty leg injury, didn't he? Yeah. Broke his leg. Like, you know, Alex Smith level leg break and mm. did he ever come back and wrestle after that? He he came like in support of Lita at Raw one thousand and some of those things, okay. but he's never like had a match. No, okay, okay. I didn't think so, but I couldn't you know, I didn't know if he was like with a, you know, group or company that I hadn't heard of or something like that. You never know no. with wrestlers. Well, and, and the crazy thing, so I looked him up on, on Wikipedia. He, unlike all the other guys from that era, he's been married since, like, the early 80s. And, and, really? and seems to have just, like, that kind of happened. retired to, like, a, a nice, normal life. That's crazy. You know? Man. Con- is, considering he, a, he was part of the Four Horsemen. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a true um, outlier in the in the pro wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was a, I don't know if you saw, an interesting Sting Players Tribune article. No, I did not. Uh, just about, he wrote it? He wrote it about being on the road and, and opioid addiction and, and stuff. Mm, but okay. it, but check it out. He got started with James Helwig, the Ultimate Warrior, when they were both uh-huh. bodybuilders in California. Really? And they I went on that. tour as a tag team that was really bad uh, and job okay. a tag team. Interesting. So, I did not know that. And then Warrior went and became Warrior, and he stuck around and became Sting. And he it has a it has a nice, interesting story of, uh, you know, he had been kind of a jobber, but Dusty Rhodes liked him, and he was okay. the booker for either Crockett or Mid South or something. Okay. And he just decided that he was going to put him on TV against Flair when Flair was Flair huh. in the okay. early eighties. And, and, like, the the quotes and stuff, I mean, it's all from his memory, but the quotes of, like, Dusty being like, we're going to, you know, we're going to put some color on you. We're going to put some color on your boots. We're going to put some color on your tights. And uh, and you're going to and you're gonna fight the nature boy. Uh, you know? So. Interesting. Okay. It's I'll worth check that checking out. out. Yeah, I will do that. No, I, I hadn't seen that, so I will do so. Um. All right, well, we'll be back. We're going to talk about the tournament and uh, yes. make our picks and, you know, pretend like we know what we're doing. So, that's right. That's right. Like we talked about a few weeks ago, neither of us has paid much attention to college basketball this year. But, but we, you know, we are now. And, and we'll, we'll make it like we are experts by then. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast. <laughs>